no, 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 no. Oh, oh shoot. I pushed the wrong button. I played a I played a bumper song instead of my intro. That's uh dang it. What a rookie mistake that is. Juvenile. What is this? Amateur hour? Ugh. Sorry about that, folks. I, that's that's an embarrassing mistake. Well, I guess there's nothing to do but uh, mope about it and allow this small mistake to derail the rest of the show. I mean, that's what Rodgers and the Packers did yesterday after Christian Watson dropped that pass to start the game. So, I mean, well, what else are we supposed to do? Oh, that's right. I'm not a child. We can push through this. All right, let's start the show. Cousins over the middle. How is he that wide open? Jefferson again inside the 10, lunging for the end zone. Touchdown. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. There we go. Not that hard. Wow. Look at that. Packers. Packers lost yesterday was frustrating. No one likes losing to a rival. Especially me. As an owner, it's bad business. I don't... I don't like seeing my team lose to a team that's owned by the Wilf. Ziggy Wilf, you guys wouldn't know unless you're an owner. Ziggy Wilf is a weirdo. I don't like my team losing to that guy. I don't like losing to a rival. No one likes that. Yesterday's game was very frustrating. It's never fun to gather with friends and family, and you're all excited for week one, and everyone brought food, and you sit down, and then that happens. It's awkward. Then you just have to sit there and watch and be miserable together, and you're like, wow, I wish we wouldn't have organized this social gal. I wish we would have gone and played laser tag instead. That at least would have been fun. Like, it's so, it's such a bummer to get everyone together and sit down in a group and then watch your team lose, at least in week one. Like, Packers fans, we, you know, we carve out time for that in the playoffs. Like, when we have our NFC championship watch parties, I mean, we're losing. We would just rather lose as a friend group than lose on our own. But I I don't expect it in week one. Week one is brutal. Luckily, Packers fans, I can make you feel better about yesterday. I can do it before we even start the show, before we really get into it. Packers fans, hear how I'll make you uh, feel better about the game. Wisconsin's loss was way worse. <laughs> it wasn't even, not even close. Not even close. Wisconsin's loss was so much worse. Oh, not even close. Third time in five years. 17-point home favorites. Wow. Really good game. That season's over. I suppose we can keep up with the charade and... Ah, oh, Graham Mertz taking good steps. He's getting better. Yeah, sure, whatever. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you had an outstanding weekend. Just a just a just a great just a great weekend. I hope your Saturday was awesome. I hope that that Badger game. I hope you found that enjoyable. And then I hope you turned on the Badger or the Packer game yesterday, and you're like, oh, here we go. And I hope you enjoyed that too. At least the Brewers won yesterday. The Brewer game actually, I was there. The Brewers game yesterday was actually really fun. I think the crowd was into it. The roof, which it kind of felt like a night game because it was so dark and crummy outside. It's actually a pretty fun brewer game. We left in the seventh inning and then, you know, went and plopped down in front of our couch to be miserable for a couple of hours to watch the Packers not really try in a season opener. What's new? <laughs> but I do I do hope you had a great weekend. I watched my UWL Eagles lay the wood to Dubuque on Saturday. At least there's one college team in the state that knows how to win as a favorite on the road or at home. Shout out to UWL. Hope you got your uh, your dose of WEAC football this weekend on Saturday. I want to talk about the Packers tonight. If you want to hear about Badgers talk, I will not fault you for that. However, I'm not the one to provide it for you. 
that would be Kenny and Heilprin tomorrow night from 6 to 7 across its network and on Thursday. And then Ebo in the morning. I heard him and Rowdy talking about Wisconsin this morning. I Honestly, I'd rather talk about Nebraska than I'd talk about Wisconsin today because Nebraska lost a hilarious game on Saturday, and then they fired Scott Frost, which actually kind of bums me out because Nebraska just kept losing these ridiculous games, and it was funny. And now I'm afraid that they're just going to become boring or they're going to get good, which won't be as funny. So on the college football front, I watched a ton of college football on Saturday, actually. I stepped up to the plate. I just don't want to talk about it tonight. I want to talk about the Packers losing to the Vikings 23-7, to and I'd love to talk with you. 608-796-2558. You can give me a text or a call, and I am on Twitter at Wisco Grant as well. I said I was in Milwaukee for the Brewer game yesterday. I watched the Packer game with some friends, and then I departed. So I left downtown Milwaukee where my buddy lives around, I don't know, 630. And I was driving home, and a buddy called me eh, about an hour into my drive, and we were just BSing about the game. He was ticked. He was mad. And by that point, I kind of calmed down a little bit. And when I watch with friends, I don't make a fool of myself. So I was, you know, I was sipping my, my Red Bull that I bought. And I was listening to Packer post game, And my buddy called me, and he was ticked. And, and we were kind of going back and forth about the game. And I think the best way, I think the best way to start the show is to kind of recreate the conversation I had with my buddy yesterday. Because all the things that we talked about on the phone, I think are the things that I want to say to start the show. So that's kind of my goal here for the first 10 minutes is kind of recreate that conversation that I had yesterday and hit on some of those bullet points. I think that's a good way to break this down. I thought the loss was, yeah, whatever. Like, obviously better than last year. They scored five more points, as Aaron Rodgers pointed out in his presser, which would be funny if they didn't just get their ass smoked by the Vikings. I wasn't really in the mood for humor, but it is a good point. They did score more points last year than they did against the Saints, and they gave up fewer. So better than last year. But obviously, still not great. Couple of factors I want to discuss. Noise, number one. And by noise, I mean luck. Things that are out of the control of play calling or execute. Just just noisy, wild things that are out of the control of either team. Because I think that played a big factor in the first half. So I want to talk about noise. I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers. And I want to talk about the defense. Those three factors all played a huge role in yesterday's game and the way that it shaped up. Especially in the first half, which... Let's be real. The first half was basically the game. The Packers had a chance to make it a game in the third quarter. They never did. So really, the Vikings just had to hold on, not do anything remarkably stupid in the second half, and the first half essentially decided the game. I want to start with noise. Very noisy play, the first offensive play of the game for Green Bay. Christian Watson drops a touchdown. That's tough luck. That's not an indictment on anyone other than Christian Watson. And you know what? Wide receivers drop passes. Devontae Adams dropped passes. Even at his peak in Green Bay, he dropped one in the playoff game against the Buccaneers. Jordan Nelson dropped pass. Even the best wide receivers drop passes. Okay? So I don't even know that it's some crushing indictment on Christian Watson. It was his first NFL game. That dropped touchdown on the first offensive play of the game was tough luck. Not an indictment on the preparation of anybody. Not an indictment on the scheme or the game plan of Matt LaFleur. Not an indictment on the offensive line or on Aaron Rodgers. It was just a fluky play that happened to make a six-point difference. Then later in the first half, they got stuffed on the goal line because they were running out of the... Don't run out of the shotgun! It's so dumb. Don't run out of the shotgun. And I called it before the play happened. I said, please don't hand it off out of the shotgun. It's exactly what they did. It went poorly. But still, they got stuffed on the one-yard line. That's tough luck. You're going to score in that instance most of the time. And I tweeted about this right before the halftime because the broadcasters, which would have been uh, Kevin 
not Kevin Clark, not Kevin Kugler. Why am I spacing on his name? He's actually really good. The guy on Fox, the new number one guy. Not Kevin Harlan, the other one. So Kevin, we'll just say Kevin and Greg. <laughs> Greg Olson. Kevin Har- What's his name? I got to think of it. Kevin and Greg. They were talking about Rodgers and the Packers in the first half that they had, and they didn't score any points. And they were basically writing Aaron Rodgers' obituary. They're like, man, look at the body language. It sucks. You know, this offense is all out of sorts. And as we are basically burying the Packers' offense through two quarters, I tweeted, hey, guys, uh, I know it hasn't looked good, but there's a very reasonable world in which two plays go differently and Green Bay is leading this game 14-10. to 10. If Watson catches that pass and if they just punch it in from the one-yard line. It's 14 to 10. We're in, a great, we're in a great spot. We're in a great spot. Now, that didn't happen. The Packers were obviously trailing 17 to nothing. But I don't know if we need to say that Rodgers looks depressed in his body language. Do you just walk around your place of work with a big smile on your face all day? Look, I am critical of Aaron Rodgers as much as anyone. What, do you want him to walk around smiling on the field? Man's competing down there. He's, he's got a serious face on. God forbid. Oh, this offense is all out of sort. Would we have been saying that, though, if Watson just simply caught that pass and they punched in the ball at the goal line? It could have been up 14 to 10, 14 to 7, whatever, tied 14-14. That's not the point. The point is, if those two plays would have gone differently, the feel going into the locker room could have been completely different. The, the halftime headline could have been, no Devontae Adams, no problem. And it wasn't. And because of two really noisy plays, right? Now, there are also things that were very much in the Packers' control that went poorly, especially in that first half. Let's talk about the defense for a few minutes. Was Joe Barry's strategy to let Justin Jefferson eat and to not let anyone else beat them? And if that was the strategy, dare I say that it it actually kind of worked? <laughs> like I don't mean to I don't mean to defend Joe Barry today. I know a lot of people want him fired because find me one week one game over the last ten years we haven't wanted a coordinator fired. That's just what we psycho football fans do. I know it looked bad, and Justin Jefferson's running roughshod everywhere, and he's scoring points, and U.S. Bank is going wild. But this Packers defense gave up 23 points, and really, it was 20 points. Six of those points came in the second half, and the final three were basically after the game was decided. I know it looked bad, and I know Justin Jefferson was running everywhere, but if Joe Barry's strategy was let Justin Jefferson do his thing, but to make sure Dalvin Cook doesn't get going and Adam Thielen doesn't go, it kind of worked. It kind of this is a this is an NBA style idea, and I think Vagabond John tweeted at me uh, earlier today at Wisco Grant. He said, "Well, we do this in the NBA all the time. We're gonna let Jimmy Butler cook because he can't beat us on his own, and we're gonna make sure nobody hits shots around him. We're gonna make sure nobody else gets going. Now, football, basketball, kind of different. But if Joe Barry's strategy was, if Justin Jefferson gets his, fine, but Thielen's not, Cook is not. Okay, it essentially amounted to twenty points against a really good offense in their building." Joe Barry's got to be thinking, hey, look, okay, it looks bad, but we probably easily could have won that game, guys. Like, don't yell at me. I might actually be in the defense for Joe Barry a little bit on today's show. And we're going to break down, coming up at 4.30, I have cuts from Amos and Jair and Savage and Rasul Douglas, and I've organized them all, and I, and I kind of want to piece together maybe what their game plan was and where it went wrong and what we do moving forward. So we're going to talk a lot about the secondary and their strategy or lack thereof against Justin Jefferson. But look, the defense gave up in effect, 20 points, because three of them came in garbage time. I picked the Vikings to win last week, 24-21. This is about right on the nose. The Packers only scored seven points. Like, if they just punch it in a couple of times, they have one more drive. I mean, that's a really winnable game. So if Joe Barry's strategy was to let Justin Jefferson kind of do his thing and shut down everyone else, well, I think it worked.
the offense just didn't hold up their end of the bargain. And let's talk about the offense and Aaron Rodgers. I think he's the last big cog, the last big factor in this game. He had some very great moments, and he had some very poor moments. The issue, I think, with Rodgers in this game was timing and consistency. He showed in flashes that he could put together a drive, right? But it never was backed up with another and another drive and another. He would have a good moment and then two bad ones. And then he'd have a great moment and then he'd had three awful ones, right? Rodgers led a, a couple of great drives. He led that one in the second quarter, all the way down to the goal line. It was stopped on fourth and goal. Then he led that touchdown drive in the third quarter, which was great. And then that touchdown drive in the fourth quarter that ended with fourth and one, and he was taking a shot into the end zone to Robert Tunyon. These three drives, as I watch, I'm thinking, okay, there is a combination of offensive pieces, Tunyon, Dylan, Jones, Watkins, that when used in concert and used correctly and used as according to plan, this can work. Rodgers put together a couple of great drives. Marched the ball down the field, spread the ball around, stuck to a script, got it out quickly to help his O-line, got the ball to the right guy in the right moment. I'm like, oh, there it is. However, outside of those three drives, the rest of the day, he was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to run around. I'm just, I'm just going to run around. Just try to find somebody who's open. Probably Randall Cobb because, you know, he's my buddy. I'm not saying they they got away from the run. They went away from that because that's, a lot of times when your team loses, you say, well, they should have ran the ball more. That's hardly ever the case. But I think Rodgers got away from what worked. I think they got away from method and strategy. And they just went to chaos. And Rodgers was like, okay, well, my guy isn't getting open. And like one guy dropped the pass. Watson dropped the pass to start the game. And I don't recognize any of these offensive linemen. And they don't listen to the same music that I do. That's kind of a joke. But they're all young. So I'm just going to run around and I'm going to try to do it myself. No, 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 no. And I think the frustrating part is we saw that it could be done. Rodgers showed us that he could do it with that second quarter drive, that touchdown drive. And then the fourth quarter, he drove all the way down. He showed that it was there. It was possible. Some combination of Tunyon and Dylan and Jones and Watkins and Mixon Dobbs here and a shot to Watson here who was, who was winning his routes and getting open. It was possible. It was It was working. And then the next time they got the ball, they would go away from it. It's just like, yeah. It's just like, it's lit- quite literally one step forward, two steps back. Here's Aaron Rodgers talking about the mistakes, right? And I think he's kind of explaining and, and getting at what I'm trying to get at. Look, it's tough to win in this league and definitely tough to win when you get in your own way too many times. Felt like, you know, we did some good things. We maybe, you know, got to get some more touches for Jonesy and Dylan. Made a lot of mistakes in the perimeter, missed some throws. So there's a lot of. Not to clean up all the way around. I think there were some poorly run routes, and then Rodgers missed some easy. Like that throw to Jones on a three and out that they had. It's like, man, you got to hit that one. Like, this game is hard. The Vikings are good, and they're amped up, and they're playing at home, and you're already behind. You can't be missing Jones on third down. And then, you know, Watson not getting his head around. for the, It was this combination of all sorts of things. But I think the frustrating part is a couple of moments, three of the drives in particular, it, it worked. Like it was there. And then it seemed, for whatever reason, when Rodgers would get the ball again, he would go away from it. I'm just going to run around. I'm going to do my thing. Which, five years ago, might have worked. Or if Aaron Rodgers had a bunch of great wide receivers who he'd played with for a while, that might work. But when you're in a hostile environment and your offensive line is already banged up and you're waiting for a couple of guys to get back and you're starting two rookies out there who've never played an NFL game before, you you can't free ball it. You need that structure, right? You need that game plan. And I, 
I don't know if it was intentional or, or I don't I don't know what it was, but Rodgers just kept kept getting off of structure. And for large stretches of that game, it made the offense really, really, really hard to watch. I want to compare this season and this team in 2022 to what happened last year against the Saints. Because there's a lot of similarities. And when we can find patterns, then maybe we can find solutions. Hey, week one next year, I mean, we're going to be ready. <laughs> we're going to figure this out. God forbid our team. Oh, we're winning in a blowout next week. Or next year, week one. Like, we're not letting this happen again. I want to compare this season to last season. I also want to take some of your calls and texts. 608-796-2558. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Kevin Bacon? Kevin B- Kevin B- Oh, Kevin Burkhart. Yes, thank you everyone who texted in. I don't know why I had a brain fart. I like Kevin Burkhart. It's really good. I really like Greg Olson. Then we had Chris Collinsworth gutting it out last night. He was losing his voice. I thought of Eric on I-90, who's such a big, such a huge Chris Collinsworth fan. A couple of texts here. Most of them are just saying Burkhardt. 608-796-2558. Eric on I-90, the infamous, says, if I had wheels, I'd be a wagon. I don't know what that was in regards to, but I see your point. Thank you. Herman says, Barry has been the defensive coordinator for two of the worst defenses in the NFL over the last 25 years. He's no good. Sorry. What 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 happened to 6 months ago when we all like we were ready to make him the head coach? Like we were way too hot and cold on coordinators everybody. I want to talk about the defense coming up in 15 minutes or so. I got cuts from Jair, from Adrian Amos, from Darnos, the whole secondary. And I got them all arranged and we're going to try to piece together what happened on the back end and let Justin Jefferson go for a stupid, sicko, dumbo mode amount of yards. We're going to get to that in a few. First, I just think the parallels between last year's week one and this year's week one are just nuts. Like, there's just no energy. There's no effort. The Jason Kidd special, that's what Matt LaFleur said going into the locker room to Aaron Andrews. She mentioned on the broadcast, like, how, how is this happening again? We did this a year ago. So so many connections. 608-796-2558. Give me a call. We're talking Packers, Vikings, NFL Week 1. Tamarcus is in Eau Claire. What's up, Tamarcus? Hey, man. How's it going? Swell, despite both of my football teams getting clocked this weekend. Um, I'm in a great mood, actually. <laughs> no, I, um, I just kind of... You're not going to agree with me, but I'm going to say this. And, I mean, mm-hmm. too bad we can't cut this clip and send it off to Aaron Rodgers. But, like, I every loss that we take this season, I'm going to blame Aaron Rodgers. And I'm going to tell you why, okay? Because I, I called before and spoke about how if he would just – do what Brady had did, which was take pay cuts. And, you know what I mean? Maybe we could have kept people on our team. And, you know, it's like when somebody takes that amount of money, there's no money left for the rest of the team. And then you got to start picking scraps. And me, I think Sammy Watkins is one of the scraps that we picked up. And I just say that because he's not as good as everybody says he is. Our um, receiving core, I call and tell you this every time. And I'm going to continue to call and tell you this. Our receiving, because you basically summed it up and said the same thing at the beginning of your show, which was everybody looks good during preseason. preseason. Everybody looks good. Even the worst looks good during preseason, you know. And then soon as regular season comes, 
nobody's ready. And I'm just like, how are we just not ready? You had a whole half of year from, well, I mean, it's more than half a year, but you got, you get a whole lot of time to figure out what you're going to do next season to the point we don't even know what we're going to do with our receivers. We don't know who our number one receiver is. I think our defense is pretty good. You know what I'm saying? I just don't know why we can't stop Justin Jefferson. Even last year, we couldn't stop Justin Jefferson. This year, we can't stop Justin Jefferson. And I mean, it's going to continue like that. And I just want to tell you, I don't know. I know you have different thoughts about what I have, but what we saw, what I saw yesterday, I feel like is going to be how the Packers are going to be for the rest of the season. Oh! Because we... Oh. <laughs> Oh, right to the heart. Um, I mean, I think there's there's one thing. Cause you brought up the wide receivers. Why don't we talk about that? The one thing that worries me that wasn't a worry last year. Now, they got blown out in week one last year, too. But the one difference this year is I, I'm, I'm interested to see when the offense gets in a slog and they get stuck and they, and they can't really get any traction. Well, last year they could go to Adams because Devontae Adams could get open against anyone, against any coverage. He was just kind of your cheat code. Like, okay, if nothing else is working, we can just go to him because he'll be open. And that worked on fourth down and in the red zone. I don't know who that guy is this year. I like a lot of their pass catchers. Assuming that they stick to an offense and they spread the ball around, they can make it work. And we saw that on a couple drives yesterday. But, man, in crunch time or on third, Packers were terrible on third down yesterday. Part of that was down in distance. But part of it was when things got really tight, I don't think Rodgers knew where he was going to go because he didn't have that one guy he knew was going to get open. And that, to me, is... Not a problem. And I say that in the mm. fact of because all we had was Devontae Adams. He didn't trust to throw the ball to Lazard or MVS last year. And how many games were MVS and Lazard wide open? And Rodgers wanted to throw into double coverage, triple coverage, just to get Devontae Adams the ball. And it's like, yes, he's a cheat code, cheat code. But at the end of the day, like you still need somebody. Look at the Dolphins. Me, bro, I honestly feel like the Dolphins <laughs> might go all the way this year. Bro, <laughs> What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, bro. Their offense, their defense, if they can honestly get it together, I feel like they first off have two of the fastest receivers in the league in McCall Hartman and uh, Tyreek Hill. And then they have Mostert back there who ran 400 yards against the Packers. What was that, last yeah, season or two seasons ago? So I'm just like, what is that? <laughs> no, I know what you mean. And I like, look, I like the Dolphins. They're really fun. And I appreciate the call to Marcus. The Dolphins are fun. You, you, go back to what you said. Like, Rodgers wouldn't throw the ball to MVS or to Lazard when they were open because Devontae Adams is there and he wanted to throw to Adams. I, I agree with you. I think there is there is a silver lining in losing Adams that will force Rodgers to look elsewhere. The problem is, and admittedly, embarrassingly, maybe something I didn't think about until yesterday, and I should have. I need to be better, okay? We all we all need to be better. Week one hit us all hard. I I had not considered this until yesterday or today. You know, Rodgers refused to throw at times to Lazard and MBS, who were wide open at times. But you know maybe why they were wide open uh, is because Adams was on the other side. Like, it's a lot easier to get your number two and number three receivers open when your number one receiver is lighting half of the football field on fire and commanding the attention of, you know, four defenders at once. So, yes, I understand that without Adams there, Rodgers has to look elsewhere but now without Adams, I don't know if elsewhere is open. That's my concern. And maybe it's just me being a fan and I wanted to try to rationalize this and say that they'll be fine without Adams. And I think to a degree they will be. I, I think the Packers will be fine. I would still pick them to win the division. I, 
I picked and bet on the Vikings this weekend, right? Like, this was not a, a game I expected the Packers to look amazing in and win, you know, hoping. But th- this result doesn't shock me, especially after last year. I think the rest of the year will continue to be better and, and fine. But, you know, we want Rodgers to look elsewhere. Okay, but without Adams out there, elsewhere might not be open. That's that's the kicker. That's the issue. Malafleur and Aaron Rodgers, weirdly, both citing bad preparation. And I remember this last year as well. That starts with me. You definitely have to have a better plan for our team and get our guys better prepared. Certainly give the Minnesota Vikings a ton of credit. They came ready to play. They obviously had a great plan. And, you know, we knew going into this game that stopping their lead dogs really offensively and defensively were going to be an important part of it. And certainly we, we didn't get that done. And Aaron Rodgers on preparation issues. Interesting. It's different when it, it's real, I guess. You know, it, I know for me it, feel, it feels different and, and the urgency goes up. But, hey, love to be sitting here with very few mental mistakes in the first game because then that eliminates you guys the opportunity to write about playing in the preseason or any of that stuff but the truth is i mean we're professionals so there's an expectation of performance and it starts with preparation and there was just too many preparation issues it's always it's always after the fact like is anytime our team gets clobbered it's like well terrible week of practice i mean tons of preparation issues. well then what what could we address that on thursday like don't wait like, don't wait until now. It's, it'd be like if you had a thing of eggs in your fridge and they'd been there for weeks and you're like, yeah, those eggs are probably going to go bad. I should probably get rid of those. And then you don't. And then you come home one night and you met some nice girl and you took her out on a date and you're like, oh, it's really going well. And you get back to your apartment and it smells because re- the eggs are rotten. And she's like, oh, what happened? And you're like, oh, uh, the eggs have been in the fridge and they're rotten and yeah, I probably should have thrown them away. Said, Why didn't you? Why di-? And now you're 0-1. So it's easy to say, well, I should have, I would have, I could have. We had issues. Well, cor- correct them in the moment then. Why are we always waiting? And it's, it's just so rich coming from Rodgers and Lafleur too, because these are the guys who are supposed to be in charge of your football team. I don't know if you've seen this meme. Maybe you have. Maybe you watch this show. Maybe you know where it's from. But have you ever seen the meme of the guy in the hot dog outfit? And he's like, we're all just trying to figure out who did this. Right? And the joke from the show, it's from I Think You Should Leave, which is a funny show. Right? The, the sketch is this Wienermobile crashes into the side of a building and they didn't see who was driving it and everyone in the store is looking around and then there's this guy in a hot dog costume who's like, who did this? It's like, well, you, dude, you're wearing the hot dog costume. It's definitely you. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm just, I, I want to know who crashed his car. It's like, well, it's obviously your car. It's like with the Fleur and Rogers. It, you're in charge of the preparation. You are the leaders, right? The vocal leaders, the, uh, the structural leaders. You're actually dealing with the playbook and you're in the meetings. It's like, why do, why do we do this every time we lose? Every time the Packers lose, it's like, oh, terrible preparation. Oh, okay. Well, at least we know that now uh, and not a week ago or three or four or five or a month ago because this was week one. We've only been preparing for, you know, months for this. 608-796-2558. I get some texts. I'm going to get to them all when we come back from this break. That's what we're going to do on the other side of this commercial break. I'm going to get to all these texts, and then we're going to talk more about the defense. Because I do want to talk about the defense. I think we're getting some things confused and twisted about what the defense did yesterday, and I want to talk about that. Coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you had a great weekend. Other than all of our football teams losing. Hey, Bruce did pretty good. 
fun to watch Rowdy Telez hit some bombs yesterday. Bullpen almost blew it. Keyword, almost. Brewers getting the series win over the Reds. That was fun. UWL smoked Dubuque in a rain game on Saturday. I don't know what Trey Lance's excuse was in, <laughs> in Chicago. The AFC West might be bad. And I'm just going to say, I called this with Ben Kenny last week. I said, hey, if the Rams are only okay or only good and not super good, we all expect the Seahawks to stink. <laughs> the Cardinals got rocked yesterday. And uh, I don't know. We'll have to see. The, A's, the NFC West might be bad. It might be a bad division after being unbelievable the last two years. It's funny how football works. Couple of texts to get to, and then Daryl's on the phone. Daryl, I've, I've let your call ring too long. I'm sorry. Just give me one minute. I'll get to you. Um, Let's see. My dad, a.k.a. Boathouse Tom, says, I think your take on the Packers is correct. They were close. Yeah, the game... The game felt worse than it was. It looked worse on TV. It was aesthetically bad, but it really wasn't that miserable. I mean, relative to other week one meltdowns, like last year. It wasn't as bad as last year. It says, the Badgers, on the other hand, were only on the field to win the beer trophy. Yeah, look, the Badgers are lucky that Zach and Ben are such degenerates. Otherwise, I don't know how they'd get any airtime on this network. Because I don't know what that was, but relegate them to, the I don't know, the Big Rivers Conference or some high school. I don't know what the conference is around Madison. Vagabond John says this was a preseason for the Packers. Who cares? I mean, though, it's a division game. I mean, there's what do you mean, who cares? There's only 17 NFL games. They're all important. But I understand. I think the most likely outcome is they beat the Bears next week, and then we'll see what happens against Tampa in week three, which is a must-win game, lest we forget. Um, Todd says, I think people need to realize and expect this is probably what we will see all year. Oh, it's just Christ. It will probably be another 5-12. and 12. Five and twelve, see? You think they're gonna go five and twelve this year, Todd? You on acid? What? Now, I I don't disagree with the last part of your text. It says can't be on top every year. It just isn't like that. I mean, when you have the best quarterback in the division, though, that's kind of how it works. That's what's so great about it, Todd, is you can be on top every year. Five and twelve? Jeez. All right, Daryl. Sorry, I had to get some of those texts. Otherwise, they start to pile up, and then I can't get to any of them. It's very overwhelming. Daryl is here, 608-796-2558. What's up, Daryl? Let's talk about a few things that need to be talked about. Let's do it. Number one, all right, number one, uh, yes, Watson dropped a pass. It was wide open uh, as far as it goes. It was it was a, a game changer at that moment. Mm-hmm. The fact that the Packers couldn't put together the rest of the game, doesn't mean that that's the way it should have been. They should have played better throughout the rest of the game. Here's my point in this, though. Preseason does make a difference when you need reps in game conditions. This was one of those times where game conditions favored the opposition rather than the Packers. Mm -hmm. They they were not ready for the... um, New, the new offense that's coming in from Minnesota, which happened to be similar to the Rams offense, which Jefferson, everybody everybody saw that last year, he was in, on such an upswing, he should have been like one of the top three wide receivers in any fantasy draft. So therefore, nothing surprises me with that, except for that Eric Stokes, the cornerback on the Packers mm-hmm. played like Kevin King did yesterday. <laughs> he almost looks like him too. And With the long that, hair, doesn't he? Isn't that scary? They start to look like the same person. I'm just saying is that that is the wrong direction in, in his uh, career as far as it goes. That is not what I wanted to see 
Yeah. And the safeties were playing out of position at times as well. So if the, if you're talking about, which I think you were coming up with the defense as far as it goes, mm-hmm. I think Stokes and the, and the two safeties were major problems. Douglas had a moment where he, he kind of botched something up. But then the injuries at inside linebacker didn't help. No. And I think if you combi- combine all that combination as far as it goes, I sure hope they played a lot better against the Bears because – they could have it handed back to him as far as it goes. Rodgers has always owned the Bears in his own way. Yeah. The thing is, in my, opi- in my opinion, he has he he looked like he was like a guy, okay, this is my first game. Okay, my first game of the season, and I, this is what we're going to get ourselves into. Well, he, That's what he looked like. He was shaking his head. Yeah, he was talking about, you know, a lot of these guys are playing in their first game. Rodgers! You're in your, what, 17th year, 18th year, and you, for the second year in a row, look like you kind of quit. Like like there was that moment, Daryl, uh, right before halftime. Exactly. When Aaron Rodgers just chucked it to Cobb. Like that was that was in that moment he was saying, ah, oh, whatever, I kind of quit. Like that was taking your ball and going home. It's like, Rodgers, you're the vet, right? If, if you want these young guys to, to figure it out and to kind of get a feel for what it's like to play in the NFL, then you got to be that guy. Look, it was not all on Rodgers yesterday. That's not what I'm saying, but... You okay, know, I'm just going to say what I'm going to throw one more thing in. Mm-hmm. It's his turn now, his time, his turn to actually say he needs to relax. He needs to be the one that <laughs> goes out there and figure it out as far as it goes that this is going to happen to him more than he thinks or anticipates because of the fact that, yeah, he threw so many to Devontae that it was pathetic. But Watson is just like Devontae Adams. He came in the league with bad hands. Devontae was not that had didn't come in the league with great hands either, so he's going to have to work with Watson and get better at it. Yeah, he's going to have to take his lumps with him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have anybody else other than Cobb that he can trust. And and Tanyan Tanyan had his moment yesterday a couple times, mm-hmm. but he's going to have to figure out how to get him the ball at different spots on the field too. I, I, all I can say as far as that goes is the Packers got it handed to them. Yes, they did. They are down. They're, they they are down now. Not just a conference game, but a division game, which is tiebreakers, and they've got to figure out how to overcome that. And that's what the scenario next week has to take care of. They have to start establishing that they are the team in the NFC that's good enough. If not. They're going to have this season handed to them, maybe less than eleven wins. Man, well, I, I mean, uh, at eleven, yeah. I got still got eleven and twelve wins for them. Yeah. So they've got, they don't want it. They don't want the Bears to beat them. They don't need the Bears to beat them because if they don't, this season's going to get handed to them in the worst of ways. Man, I mean, we'll see. I, I think, man. Okay, so there, there's levels to negativity about this game, and I appreciate the call, Daryl. That was one of your finer calls, I believe. Some excellent points delivered there. I, there's being negative about yesterday's game, and there's being negative about certain things. Like, I, here's here's a couple of negative things that I've said, right? I started the show by saying, eh, it's not, this isn't that big of a deal. This can be fixed. This really wasn't that bad. There are also a couple of very bad things about this game. Here's some things I'm negative about, for example, right? I am negative that this has happened for the second year in a row. And I know they got the number one seed last year, but then what happened when they got to the playoffs, right? Or a couple of years ago, I mean, you go back even earlier. The Packers, they've never been great in openers. And that trend is continuing. They've never been good in openers. They've never been great in the playoffs. I, I don't like seeing the same things. I want to see a, a different version of this team. I want to see things that look different. And this looked like a lot of the same. 
I'm going to have a great regular season, but that worries me. Is is the DNA of this team at its core the same as it's been really since 2014? That worries me. That's a concern. That's something negative that I have. Uh, another concern, I, I worry about, like, when things get tough, who's the guy who gets open? You saw Jefferson. He's just really good at getting open, and that's so valuable. That makes life easier for the quarterback, makes life easier for the offensive line, makes life easier for the other wide receivers. I don't, I don't know if the Packers have that guy right now. They don't need that guy all the time, but in moments at some point this year, they're, they're going to need that guy. I actually think Watson could be that guy. We could talk about Watson at some point before 6 o'clock. I'm worried about that. I, I do have some worries about this team. None of my worries, none of my negativity translates to this team is going to go 5-11 and 11 because I think that's absolutely insane or 5-whatever and whatever it is. I blame Todd. Todd, Todd I think, texted in 5-11. and 11. I think it would be 6-11 and because they play 17 games, but you get my point. We can be negative about yesterday's game without also saying that the season is going to be a catastrophe because I'm pretty sure it's not going to be. Like, you have the best quarterback in the division. That is a trump card for so many things as we have seen ever since Aaron Rodgers took over in the NFC North. Is this Chad in Sun Prairie? Wisco Chad? 608-796-255. Oh, never mind. This is this is Chad in Eau Claire. My bad, Chad. I'm getting my Chads mixed up. What's up? That's okay, my brother. How are you doing this afternoon? I am doing great. Uh, I'm actually, you know, when our teams lose like this, it's not fun, but it makes for some interesting conversation on the show, so. It really does, and it brings out a lot of the overreaction, too. And, you know, I... <clears throat> I'll tell you one thing that isn't really being discussed a lot. Okay, Green Bay gave up 23 points. Mm -hmm. I don't think the defense, granted, they gave up big big plays to Jefferson all day long. But in the second half, they gave up three points. The defense gave up 23 against arguably one of the most dynamic offenses they're going to face all season. Okay. My issue is this. You are playing, you're missing your top two offensive tackles. John Runyon goes out. What on God's green earth are they doing with five and seven step drops and Rogers standing back there picking his nose? That was ridiculous. That's what I'm saying. So, like, it, like in the second half, Rogers just started running around, just running all over the place. We didn't need that. Also, small side note: yep. why was why did Zach Tom not start the game? Why why can Lafleur not figure out the correct offensive lineman to start? He'd make a terrible baseball manager. Matt Lafleur would be the world's worst baseball manager. Now he'll figure it out as the season goes along. But you give him one game and a bunch of offensive linemen, he's not picking the right ones. It's one thing that he's very bad at. Yeah, and it's something they need to fix. So they need to figure it out quickly. And this, you know, I I I, I felt it coming into this game that this is the type of situation we were going to have. Um, three out of Lafleur's. <laughs> three out of his first four uh, openers, <laughs> nice. they've they've taken one on the chin. So let's just hope they can get this squared away and the offense can get it figured out. But, yeah, I, yeah I'm not going to overreact. Um, if I'm calling next Monday after another loss, I'll start overreacting. Yeah, we'll <laughs> deal with that. That's a next week problem, Chad. We can deal with that next week. I appreciate the call. Thanks, Grant. Chad in the 715, another 715 guy, Jason, Lower Tainer Lake. The most disappointing part of the Packers game was the defensive plan on Jefferson. He's torched us in the past, and it looked like our scheme was the same. And Madison, for some reason, oh, and in Madison, for some reason, offense is just really hard to do. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what's going on with the Badgers. That's, that's so funny. I'm sorry. I, I, don't mean to, I don't mean to be that guy. I, I, all I could do is laugh when they lost that game. I, I, part of me wishes I was upset about it. <laughs> I just, is, what are they doing? How do they keep doing this? You have to try this hard. Like, I I don't know. I don't mean to be insensitive to the Badgers, but it is, it is really funny. Come on. It's funny. Let's take a break. 
I want to talk more about the Packers defense at some point tonight. I have a bunch of cuts. We got Savage and Jair and uh, Amos and um, who's the other one? The other. Oh, Eric Stokes. I got them all. I pieced together a couple of cuts, and I, and I think all these cuts together kind of tell the story of uh, of what went on in the Packers secondary. I'm, I'm pulling a Mike Clemens almost today, some might say. We'll do that at some point in the second half of the show. Let's talk more defense. Coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Clemens. The Packers lose to the Vikings 23-7. Minnesota's Justin Jefferson ran through the Packers' secondary wide open with six catches for 158 yards and two touchdowns in just the first half. One, a 36-yard touchdown pass from Kirk Cousins, Packers defensive back Jair Alexander. Just miscommunication on that over route that he scored. Like, I should have stayed on him. I was expecting cut help and didn't get it and shouldn't have expected it. So, you know... I should have stayed on him on that one over, but, you know, we got to tackle and get him down. Was that zone? Zone, yeah, it was on, yeah. On offense, the Packers had a 10-play, 80-yard drive that ended after being stuffed at the one-yard line on fourth and goal. Later, A.J. Dillon was able to score with a run to the left side. Two different play calls, two different blocking schemes. Um, like I said before, I, the first one that we didn't get, I didn't get a chance to go back and watch the film yet, obviously. You know, I feel like I could have maybe, you know, kept my legs moving a little bit more. The Packers held at just seven points. Head coach Matt LaFleur. That starts with me. They definitely have to have a better plan for our team. And, you know, we knew going into this game that stopping their lead dogs really offensively and defensively were going to be an important part of it. And certainly we, we didn't get that done. The Vikings went after Aaron Rodgers. Four sacks, one forced fumble, and an interception under pressure. Vikings linebacker Zadarius Smith talked about a face-to-face exchange he had with Rodgers, who tried to block him on an end run to Romeo Dobbs. It only picked up a few yards. You know what? I was telling him he's not a blocker. Stay, be a quarterback. That's what you want. Um, he tried to block me. I think it was a reverse. Yeah, on the reverse, man. And I got a good chance to get a lick on him. But it's all good, man. It's still football. We're just having fun with it, man. As Vikings linebacker Zadarius Smith from U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, I'm Mike Clemens. Best Packers coverage. Wisco Sports Show. Thanks to Mike Clemens. He will join us tomorrow, 5.30. I say that in a questioning voice because I... Can't think of any reason why he wouldn't be. Yeah, Tuesday, 530. Yeah, yeah. He'll be here tomorrow. We'll talk about what he saw at U.S. Bank. Bill Michaels is there as well. He's there on the scene providing some coverage. Appreciate his updates. This Packers defense is an interesting topic today. A lot of people want Joe Barry. Why does everyone always change their Twitter name to fire Joe Barry? Week one, we're really, we're going to do, are we six years old? Come on. We're not going to fire Joe Barry. I got a, t- get a text from Todd earlier. He thinks the Packers are going 5-11, and 11, which can happen. It would need to be 6-11, and 11, but we need to calm down. We did this last year. Like, yeah, this team might take their lumps, might have some struggles, but, geez, quit jumping off the ledge, everybody. Also, I think it's funny because for the last two months, as we've gotten ready for the season, we've talked about, yeah, the offense is probably going to struggle early on. Well, it struggled yesterday. We guys, we knew this was going to happen. Why are we? Why are we losing our minds? I'm actually not so upset about the Packers' defense. We talked about this a little bit back closer to four o'clock, and we'll certainly talk more about it in the second hour of the show. I mean, they held the Vikes to 23 points, and effect it was effectively 20 because that last field goal came essentially in garbage time. The game was over at that point. They only allowed six points in the second half. Three of them were garbage time points. 
like I picked, I think when I was on Bill's huddle last Wednesday, which I think is the only pick that I ever did, I said, ah, Vikings 24-21. Well, the Vikings scored 23 points. I'll live with that. That's got to be a game that you can go get or at least make it a lot closer than 23-7. to Right? I thought Joe Barry's unit was fine. The problem was it looked really bad. It looked really, really, really bad because Jefferson's running wide open everywhere. Guess what? Justin Jefferson's really good. He gets open. That's what really good receivers do. That's what other fan bases have thought about Devontae Adams for the last couple of years. It's like, how does he keep getting? How do you let him get open? It's because what he does, he gets open. That's what great receivers do. Now, they probably could have done a better job, and we'll hear from Jair Alexander and Eric Stokes on what they need to do better and what they could have done better, especially in that first half. But, guys, Justin Jefferson is really good. He's going to get open. There's not some magical play that you can draw up to shut him out for four quarters, especially at his own place at U.S. Bank, which is a really difficult place to play. Does that make sense? I know it looked bad, but the final result was essentially they gave up 20 points. And against a really good Vikings offense, a quarterback that's really experienced, who has a connection with Thielen, a connection with Cook, a connection with Justin Jefferson. Like, they've been together. They know what's going on. You held that unit to 20 points in their place. I know it didn't look good, but that's got to be acceptable. That's got to be workable, and the offense just obviously didn't do enough. I'm watching some clips. Our friend Peter Bukowski, who never stops tweeting, he's always he's always putting that work in. <laughs> he's tweeting out all these Christian Watson clips. Christian Watson was getting open yesterday, and he didn't really get that many targets. He's getting open. He's getting separation. I want to talk about Christian Watson, because if we're questioning who's going to get open this year, who's going to be that guy in, in big moments, it could be Watson. I know we had a drop yesterday, but I think it could be Watson. Let's talk more about that in the defense coming up next. Cousins over the middle. How is he that wide open? Jefferson again inside the 10, lunging for the end zone. Touchdown. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I am so excited for Monday Night Football tonight. I am the world's biggest Seattle Seahawks fan. I want to see Russell Wilson beat up and knocked around, and I want to see his homecoming to Seattle just ruined, soiled, tarnished. I want the 12s to get in his head, and I want Pete Carroll to have his moment. And then the rest of the year, the Seahawks can lose every other game as far as I'm concerned. But tonight, <laughs> I am the world's biggest, world's biggest Seahawks fan. I don't like Russell Wilson. I just don't vibe with his whole thing. I don't, it's not my thing. And I got a text earlier we were talking about this in the, the first half of the show, and I got a text. You know, I liked Russ at Wisconsin, but now he just gets under my skin. Look, Wilson was great at Wisconsin. He lost us a Rose Bowl. There's a bunch of other Badger quarterbacks that did the exact same thing. Like, it was a fun year, but let's not act like he won us a college football playoff game or something. Come on. I don't know. The, the Wisconsin boys probably aren't going to like that. Ben and Zach aren't going to get on my case, but whatever. Their team lost to Washington State on Saturday. So what are they going to say to me? <laughs> This is the Wisco Sports Show. It's my team, too. I'm just, I'm laughing and joking through my sadness. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you had an awesome weekend. We're talking about the Packers and the Vikings. We'll probably get to the Badgers at some point this week, but not today. I want to talk about Christian Watson. I want to talk about the defense. And I have 
a couple of cuts that I have lined up in a certain order, very Mike Clements of me, Stokes, Jair, Adrian Amos, and I've organized these cuts so when we play them in a certain way, it's going to kind of tell the story of what happened yesterday, what went wrong, and what they need to do better moving forward. Let's do that at 5.30. That that seems to make organizational sense. But now I'd love to take your calls because obviously a lot of people have a lot to say about this. 608-796-2558. Chaston is in Wisconsin Rapids. Wow. We're hitting central Wisconsin today. Chaston, what's up? How we doing today, Grant? Well, I'm doing great. It's been like years since you've called this show. Uh, we're trying to, to establish a foothold in the Rapids, and this seems like my way in. So I'm just I'm tickled to be speaking with you. Yeah, no, I'm you know glad to call in. I thought you know what a great time to call in and contribute to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after this week one game that we had. So by the way, I, you're a bigger Sean Gary guy. I remember the last time we chatted, uh, you were making fun of me or getting in my case because I'm not a Rashawn Gary believer. I'm very much a Rashawn Gary believer, by the way. Uh, he is elite uh, and looks very good. So before we go any farther, I should probably own up to that. I would, yeah, I'd like to remind you that you told me he was a bust. And whoa, I, I whoa, whoa, I would never. I would never throw that language around so lightly. I, I just, look, he's a top 10 pick. I, I want to see a lot from him. And he came on pretty slowly right. early on. I, I think we've done this dance before. Bust, don't, don't throw the B word around now. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I throw it all around lightly, especially for a young, developing player uh, like Rashawn was at the time. And, yeah. Um, you know, I see this the same thing, uh, sort of with Quay Walker. That I thought, you know, when Quay Walker stepped on that field this week, uh, he did not look like a rookie. He looked apart for sure. Um, you know, now he has, you know, the shoulder injury. Hopefully, it's not going to be. Uh, nagging one through the year, but he you said know, today he, he's he's, he's going to be back this weekend. I saw I, I didn't click on that. See, I'm terrible. I'm part of this generation. I only read the headline. I didn't click on the story. I'll find it. Right, right. But no, he. Uh, you know, certainly I thought he looked apart. You know, I think they went after him maybe a little bit in some of these zone concept. Well, in the zone defense that they were playing, but you know, certainly, you know, I saw some flashes there. And, uh, you know, one week, don't get too high, don't get too low. I'm, I certainly saw enough, and they left, you know, they left 14 points on the field, and they had two turnovers on top of that. So, you know, coming into a, um, a week with Chicago, I think it's a great, uh, get-right week for this team coming up. What do you think about what the Bears did yesterday? I feel like that's a fluke game that we can just throw away because of how rainy it was. But I also think it's really funny that the Niners lost because I'm not the world... I, I just enjoy watching my rival NFC teams lose. And if you think that's childish or that's poor sportsmanship, I would tell you to leave me alone because that's how sports work. Like, I, I did enjoy watching the Niners lose yesterday. I just don't know if that game means a whole lot because of how wet it was. Yeah, I, and I agree. But, you know, hey, if Jordan Love was in that same game, he'd probably get <laughs> um, He's not going to get the same treatment as Trey Lance does there. So that's my take. All right, I, I can respect that. So you think we're going to be good? You're preaching. Call. I had a guy text me earlier who thinks we're going to go 5-11 and 11 this year. So I, I, I like this call better. No, it, that's too much of a take for my liking. I think they'll be fine. Um, yeah, I mean, right. growing pains is the, the term that's being thrown around and, you know, I, I think we'll I think we'll play better. It's a get right week with Chicago. Let's uh, do what we have to do. You know, get healthy with on the offensive line. And I think we'll be all right. Yeah, I love that. All right, Chaston, I appreciate the call. Enjoy the Rapids. Yeah, thanks. call back soon. Yeah, thanks. yeah, thanks, Grant. Appreciate it. That is Chaston in Wisconsin Rapids or uh, Paper Country.
as I like to call it. I know at least there's one paper. There's multiple paper factories. There's got to be. I've driven through there in a while. Thanks for the call, Chaston. 608-796-2558. The Quay Walker injury is right. I guess Chris Barnes has a high ankle sprain. It doesn't seem like it's some devastating break or something really bad. High ankle sprains can be just as bad, though. Like, obviously, it's good that the bone isn't broken. Yes, that is good. But a high ankle sprain can be finicky and touchy, and it takes a long time to come back from, and it's easy to re-aggravate. I have a buddy who had a bad ankle for years, and he just swears you'd rather break it. You'd rather just have a clean break because then it can heal normally. So a high ankle sprain, while it is good news, it's also tough. It's a very significant injury. Not really sure about Chris Barnes. It seems like Quay Walker has some optimism about playing this weekend. I just like the physicality. It's just a dude running around who can make plays. You can't have too many of those guys on the field. I hope that Quay Walker can be back. Rashawn Gary looks like an armored tank out there. And I did never call him a bust. Don't put that on me, Chaston. Bust is, that's a fighting word. I just, look, when Rashawn Gary had two pressures in a game and we all want to go goo gaga in his second year, it's like, guys, he's a top 10 pick. Like, he have very high expectations for him. And now he is living up to those expectations. Yes, need a little time to develop, but he's also playing behind the Smith Bros. So let's all calm down on their Sean Gary discourse a little bit. Although he does have me blocked on Twitter. I wonder if I could get him to unblock me. Should I tweet Preston Smith? Hey, Preston, I'm a nice guy. Have your teammate unblock me, just for show purposes. Tim is in Sparta, 608-796-2558. Tim, what's going on? Hey, Grant. It is so good to be able to call back into your, your show after being away for a yeah. couple, three weeks. I got a lot to catch up on here. Yeah, loved your loved your Brewers rant. Uh, <laughs> that was classic. I love the Brewers, man. Fun game yesterday. I went to the Brewers game yesterday, which is mostly a mistake. Which it's hard to make a mistake and drive three hours, but it w- was essentially a mistake. But a really fun game. Rowdy Tlaz hitting a couple of bombs. I had I had a blast at the Brewers game yesterday, so I will not apologize for that. Well, Rowdy started it, and then Bill took it, and then you ran with it. So yeah, it was that was a good rant. Uh, but getting back to the the game at hand here, um, I said at the beginning of the of the season that they were going to go um, eleven and six this year because it was going to take them a good five or six games to get that offense figured out for Rodgers to actually throw the ball where it needed to be thrown and not just throw it to somebody who he, he's absolutely sure is going to catch the ball. Yeah. Um, and once, you know, if you watch, go back and watch the game, um, Watson was open at different parts of that game. Yes. But after yes. that first, yes, yes, after yes. that first drop, Rogers was not going to go back. There. Uh, and which is, Kind of understandable, but at the same time drives you crazy because he was open on a number of occasions, and and Rogers just ignored him. Yeah, I'll, uh, you know what? I'll go one step further, Tim. I, it's not understandable because it's not like we have other great options on this team. Like he is the guy who is fast, and it, like some of these videos I'm watching, he is really fast, and he can get open, and he can create separation, which Cobb can't, Tunyon can't. Those guys can catch yeah. passes, yes, but. Watson is the one guy on this team right now who can create separation and get open. You need to throw him the ball. You have to, Aaron. I would I would way rather you throw it to a wide-open Watson and let him learn, even if he drops it, than try to force some pass to Tunyon in the end zone that doesn't have a prayer because you trust Tunyon more than you trust Watson. That, that This season can just not go like that. It's not going to work if that's the way that we're going to go. No, it, it's not going to. And the, the problem then becomes 
if you don't throw him the ball, they're going to leave him open because they know you're not going to throw him the ball. And so now instead of having, you know, 10 guys or nine guys in the box, you've now got 11. Yeah. You know, guarding everybody else and they can let him fly. So, yeah, you know, I put yesterday, um, there's a good portion of the blame that belongs to the, the greatest thrower of the football I've ever seen. Um, but I don't understand why, uh, they, you know, Dylan was, was uh, included in it. And, but where was the other running back? I mean, he's fast and elusive. You put him out on the outside, you, you swing him out, you throw him a little pass and let him run past guys on the edge. None of that happened yesterday. Yes. And I don't under, that's what I don't understand about the offense. I don't want to be the guy that says they got away from the run too early because typically when someone says that, that's not normally the case, right? You didn't lose because yep. you went away from the running game. There's, there's normally other factors at play, but they really didn't run the whole run the ball a whole lot yesterday. They fell behind, but Tim, you saw it when they slowed down and they played the correct brand of football, which is mixing in the running game, oh. spreading the ball around, getting the ball on time. They could move the ball yesterday. They were moving the oh, ball. Absolutely. When they were struggling, it's because Rodgers was running around and just, I don't know what he was doing. But they they showed they could do it, and they, they got away from that structure. Yeah, and that, that made no sense to me whatsoever. Like yeah. I said, you've got, you've got two great backs. They can both catch the ball. One of them has got that extra gear. The other one will just run you over. Yeah. And what are we doing running on the one-yard line, fourth and one? Why are we running to the right side, which can't block anybody? Tim, out, by of that the, out of the shotgun. The game, out of the shotgun, you know, nonetheless. Why out of the shotgun are we running like that? You know, where, where was DeGuara? who's supposed to be in situations like that, you put him, you're supposed to put him in the backfield to make the hole for Quadzilla to run through. You know, that's just, so I I would also put a good, healthy dollop of blame on, on uh, the coaching staff on both sides. You can't have, I I disagree with you when you say that if you're going to let Jefferson run wild on you, I think that when they, they stopped doing that, and Alexander shattered him more in the second half. You actually saw what you know that he got contained because otherwise he should have had 400 yards in that game yeah. if he kept to the same game plan in the, in the first half. Well, I'll let you go. I know you got other people. Uh, good to talk to you again, and I hope that you have a great evening. You as well, Tim. I appreciate the call. It was good to hear from you. That's our friend Tim in Sparta. I was in Sparta on Friday night uh, when I was leaving lacrosse. Your exit's all torn up. I was hoping to just get a quick on and off, get a little gas, a quick trip, maybe a taco, a Taco Bell. Oh, no. No, anything but easy. I had to go all around the mountain and this way and that way and the other way. No, anything but easy. Beautiful community. The the biking capital of Wisconsin and I maybe the world? I'm not sure. Country? I, I don't know. Sparta. Tim and Sparta. 608-796-2558. He made a good point about Watson. Seen all these clips, you know, say what you want about Peter Bukowski's Twitter account, but the man cranks out content. And all these clips, Watson getting out of his routes, making a really pretty break to create space, and he's open. Rogers, my brother, you got to throw him the ball. You, you have you have to, okay? We can't do this thing where he, he has to gain my trust. We don't have time for trust this season, okay? It's not going to work that way. This offense... 
will be way better if Rodgers just throws to the open guy every time and one out of every 10 or, or two out of every 10 passes is dropped. Way better if you just live with the drops as opposed to trying to force a ball into Randall Cobb and double or triple coverage or throwing, what was that jump ball to Cobb at the end of the half? Notorious, Randall Cobb, notorious for his jump ball ability. Always has been, even more so now at age 32. Yeah, Rodgers, man. You got to trust the guy who's open and then live with the results. And I guarantee the results will play out better if you do that than if you're always trying to force it to your best friend, Randall Cobb or Robert Tunyon, who's double covered in the end zone. 608-796-2558. Is this Travis in Holman? Am I reading this number correctly? Travis, is that you? Yes, it is. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing great. I just wanted to call in and say I loved how you opened the show about Russell Wilson, you know, the bad vibes that he gives off. Just can't stand Great guy for Wisconsin, but, you know, the look at me on Instagram, if you're going to work out, great, but just the vibe he puts out on social media, that just gets me going. Did you see the the outfit that he showed up to in in Seattle tonight? He's got like a like a mint green reflective tuxedo on. I have not seen that yet, but I'm sure it's all over there, and he's the typical guy that's put in all the work, but uh, he just loves to show it for sure. It's just terrible. It's just terrible, Travis. What did you think of yesterday's game before I let you go? Do you have a Do you have a synopsis? What's your take? If, if you bumped into uh, your buddy at the bar and he goes, oh, how about that game? What would you say? Well, I give the typical coach's spiel. You know, I'm positive Packer man. You are going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> and we're fine. We've got some. We got some big mistakes that we need to clean up. And Lafleur said it best. Like they said, they're going to get things figured out. And like I said, we're going to the Super Bowl for sure. I love it. Was it. a couple tough, tough ways. Couple tough plays. Couple plays go a different way. And that's a whole different ball game. This is but a bump in the road, Travis. I tend to agree <laughs> with you. I, I appreciate the call. Oh, you bet. And uh, AJ Dillon needs to get those. Quad's going a little bit. There's no excuse for not punching that in from the one yard. Yeah, that, that's just got to happen. I agree with you there, Travis. You just got to punch it in from the one. You figure out a way. You bring in an extra blocker. I don't know. Paul, call Paul Christ for ideas. One of his 10 plays is certainly suited for a fourth down and one. <laughs> By the way, on uh, Quay Walker's uh, uh, ankle injury, I cited that one of my buddies has had a bad ankle for years, and he once told me that a break is better. And he was listening and actually texted me. And he says, you're right. You'd rather break it. You'd rather have a clean break. Uh, and we'll see. Obviously, not every high ankle sprain and not every break is the same. Uh, but the high ankle sprains are really, really finicky. This guy's ankle, my buddy, was really messed up. He did his senior pub crawl at UWL, which is a lot of bars. There's quite a few bars in downtown Lacrosse. He did the senior pub crawl with one of those ankle scooters where you wheel around with one foot on this. It's one of the most impressive feats of physical just dominance I've ever seen. This man basically hammered all day the senior pub crawl an all day drinking affair and he wheeled himself around through packed bars and if you've have you ever been to top shots in downtown lacrosse that staircase going upstairs whoo it's hard enough to it's hard enough to walk up when you're sober yep it was a scooter this man one one foot one working leg and a scooter this is one of the most impressive things i've ever seen okay well i was gonna <laughs> i was gonna i was gonna take a break uh but we're getting a call and the segue would just be too good. I was going to say, speaking of one disabled man to another, Dave, call back. Dave, <laughs> Dave and Monona is calling. Dave, call back. I want your take on the game. Your take on the Badger game in Ben Kenny's postgame show on Saturday was incredible. 
Uh, and now Dave has stopped calling. Do you think it was the blind joke? All right, Dave. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh Speaking of disabilities, that's mean. Dave, I love you, Noah. Dave and Monona, what's up? <laughs> oh, my God. I got enough for chill last last you a whole week. Number one, Matt LaFlunk, get lost. Every time I got to hear this clown say, well, we, we just weren't prepared today. We got to clean things up, look at video, made mistakes. Hey, hey, stupid people out there. That's what you had for. That's what you had two months. That's your game plan. And number two, good receivers are dominated by outstanding cornerbacks. And to have Joe Barry, you know, the first three quarters have Eric Stokes, who helped my grandmother could, could beat, beat out the, you know, beat out the dribble and a linebacker for three quarters. And then you go with that. By the way, if you want to play a clip for your people, play their interview with uh, Douglas. Because in the background, you could hear Alexander talking about, mm-hmm. I told him, I told him all week, I told him all week, I wanted to be on that guy all game. You know, so as far as, you know, every time I got to hear Matt LaFlunk make an excuse, and then your callers, well, it's first game and we made mistakes. No, you don't make mistakes when you got four weeks. As far as Rodgers, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, man, every time they get beat, what do we hear? What do you hear when you hear Matt LaFlunk? Well, we got to look at the film and, you know, you got to clean up, clean up our mistakes. Hey, man, I'll tell you what you got to clean up is you take Aaron Rodgers and kick his ass out of Green Bay, <laughs> because every time they get beat, Rodgers goes off half cocked, and you you know you notice this. He changes the game plan. He doesn't he, yeah. he doesn't go to the open receivers. Yes, and all of a sudden, he, you know, he goes to receivers, and you know, forget about blaming Aaron Rodgers, people. The blame is on Matt Lafleur because he's scared of Aaron Rodgers. And that's why this team is going to suck in the playoffs. But come on, one last thing: stop, people, stop making excuses. Well, we're going to, we made mistakes, and we're going to clean them up. And we're going to look at the video. No, I, I, I don't have to see the video. All I know is, uh, every time it gets tough, you guys, you, you guys can't handle the pressure. Fold. I mean, come on, you fold, Alexander. Like you pay twenty-five million dollars a year. I know, I know, I know, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that coming up next. Before I let you go, Dave, can I get your take on the Badgers game on Saturday? You're the only person who I would be interested to hear this from today. I know, I know, you were on that um, that Asher thing. Uh, um, yeah, the space tw- thing. Twitter, Twitter space. Ben Kenny and uh, Asher Lowe yeah. posted a Twitter space. I got it's pretty fun, right? They let you speak. Yeah, I got on there because I got on there. Calls were calling me idiots and stupid, and, and actually, there I could I, I could be vintage Dave from another. That was great. But no, I told. Um, who's that big on your update today? Had that big, deep defensive lineman was talking about the Ke- play, Keanu Benton. Play. Keanu Benton. Yeah. He, I wish I could say that he proved my point. When these players who get paid, they don't care anymore. There's a lack of discipline and heart. The reason this team stunk on Saturday is these players don't have the heart and desire anymore. You've got four or five star recruits. You're playing East Washington State. You got Allen. Stop worrying about selling jockey shorts. I'm telling you, these guys are downtown eating barbecue, drinking drinking root beer with, with, their, with their wallets padded. That's what you get when you, you show up and you're not interested. I'm glad that big lineman, you know, got off on some of those players. But it ain't going to change because it was like Matt LaFleur. You got Paul Crisp. He allows no accountability. I told, I told people, I'll leave you this. I told people the moment you started paying players, was the moment these kids, they don't care anymore. There's no accountability. Uh, they could care less. They got their pocketbooks. Hey, I'll leave, okay, what is Notre Dame, Texas A&M, yeah. both have in common? The highest payrolls 
and they got their ass crunched. Al- Alabama because, probably should have lost too. Yes, a twenty-yard field. That, that Texas that Texas guy missed a twenty-yard field goal mm-hmm. in the second quarter. But no, I mean I, I know I, all these people are trying to give Paul Chris a break. You start paying players, they don't care anymore. It's like <laughs> they're getting paid. Fire them, people. Stop making excuses. Your generation is real lazy. Oh, this is too funny. Dave, I appreciate the call. I have to take a break, so I'll let you go. His quote in Ben's Twitter postgame show on Saturday was, at least all these players have money to go to the KK to get pizza and root beer. <laughs> and I got it. I recorded it as I tweeted it out. It will have been on Saturday at Wisco Grant. Oh, it's so funny that the Badgers lost. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be insensitive. It's hilarious. I'll just come out and admit it. It's really funny. (laughs) Let's take a break. We'll talk more Packers. What went wrong yesterday against the Vikings? That's next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show my name is grant bills twitter at wisco grant i I don't know what's gotten into me today i just i i think i'm too snarky i I don't think i'm being relatable i I think it's a turnoff i I don't know where this came from i don't know if it was dumping on russell wilson which is one of my favorite things to do or just laughing at the badger i i'm sorry i'm a badger fan and I will be the one Badger fan that's honest enough to admit to you that it is funny that they lost on Saturday. It's not good for the program. Don't No, 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 no. It's funny. I will admit that. No one else will who's on Wisconsin Sports Radio, but I guarantee at least half of the people you listen to on Sports Talk are thinking the same thing. They won't admit it. They'll be like, oh, what another wasted season. They could still win the Big Ten West and, you know, Purdue and Nebraska. Nebraska is the champions. Look at Scott Frost. I No. I'll just come on and tell you it's funny. And I, I think I, I think the combination of dumping on Russell Wilson and laughing at Wisconsin and also just the train wreck of yesterday's Packer game, I think it's, I can't, I can't. Uh, something's gotten into me. And I, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's becoming. So I need to try to stop. I need to ground myself. Trish, Trish messaged the Wisco Sports Show Facebook page, which I hardly ever mentioned, but you can like and uh, message. She says, I am PO'd at Matt LaFleur. He was not prepared to play. He has to be more involved in day-to-day if he wants to win. Head coach, let everyone on the Packers team know it. I don't know about his involvement on the day-to-day, the D-to-D. This is what he said after the game. This is just a very generic, we weren't ready to play. We can pick this apart, I guess, if we want. Here, listen. That starts with me. We definitely have to have a better plan for our team and get our guys better prepared. Certainly give the Minnesota Vikings a ton of credit. They came ready to play. They obviously had a great plan. And, you know, we knew going into this game that stopping their lead dogs really offensively and defensively were going to be an important part of it. And certainly we, we didn't get that done. Got to prepare better. But this is always what we hear. Remember Matt LaFleur's first year? Remember when they lost to the Chargers? That was the game we... no Nobody thought they were going to lose that game. Home game in L.A. And then they got killed. And what was it? We didn't prepare good enough. We had a bad week of practice. This and that. Things that we would never hear about if they didn't lose the game. Like, if the Packers would have won yesterday, Matt LaFleur's not going to the podium and saying, I'm actually kind of surprised we won because our practice kind of sucked last week. No! 
No, 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 no. It's always, we're always playing the result in these press conferences, which maybe that's why press conferences are stupid and we shouldn't break them down. Now, coming up in 10 minutes, we're going to break down the press conferences of Eric Stokes, Darnell Savage, we got Rasul Douglas, Jair Alexander. I, I cherry-picked some of the most interesting things they said, and I put them in an order as to tell the story of what happened yesterday, how the game got away from them and how they reeled it back in and what they do moving forward. So that's coming up. I, I did my own uh, Mike Clements if you will. I ignore organized some sound bites to tell a story, which is uh, what Mike does so well. First, let's talk to Hector in Onalaska, 608-796-2558. What's up, Hector? You know, Grant, it's really disappointing that their NFL hasn't set something up where, like, you go out there and do, like, some almost like scrimmages before the actual season starts against other teams so that your <laughs> offense can get clicking. Wait. Wait, they do have that, and Karen Rodgers is too good to be out there to teach his receivers what he wants them to do. But then you see him on the sideline, every shot they had of him yesterday, he's F-bomb this and F-bomb that, and, you know, it's garbage. If he would have went out, he should have went out there, and this is the proof that you have. Anyway, last year they lost to the Saints right away, and, you know, that what happened, whatever. Yeah. So it shouldn't affect them too much. The thing with it, is, the thing that bothered me most, and I know you're gonna, you had mentioned it, and we're gonna talk about it. After Christian Watson dropped that ball, Rodgers wasn't gonna look at him for the whole rest of the game, and we already know that because that's how Rodgers is with all of the younger receivers. As soon as you give him a reason to not swoon over you, then you're not good enough. So I think that plays into why he got open so often, but was never looked at. It also doesn't help that he had uh, the Viking on him every single time he took a step back. So that's not the greatest. But, you know, it's just a, a vicious cycle, if you will. And as far as the receivers go, it I was expecting a little more because of how Rodgers was talking about, like, Sammy Watkins and um, Romeo Dobbs and all them. But he, they really didn't incorporate it. As soon as... Uh, that first 75-yard pass was dropped. I think it changed the whole tone of the game, and Rodgers was was dead set on just going to running backs only, which I don't know if you think it will, but I don't think it's going to be a recipe for success in the future. It just doesn't make sense for no, the Packers. No, you can't. Remember when Alex Smith was with the Chiefs? And they were pretty good, and it was the year I think the Packers played him on Monday Night Football, and I know you're, you're a Ravens fan, Hector, so you probably don't remember. Or maybe you do. I don't want to speak for you, but I remember... When Alex Smith was with the Chiefs, they had this long streak of no touchdowns to wide receivers. Do you remember this? Where they had this insane I streak? Do yeah. This. And and it worked. Like the Chiefs would win games and they'd be a, a very, very formidable competitive team. But there's a reason why the Alex Smith Chiefs never got anywhere in the playoffs. Now I'd have to go back and look at those Chiefs teams because maybe their wide receivers just stunk. I, I don't know. But I, I think when you're only throwing to running backs and a controlled small short yardage passing game to tight ends and running backs. You can get by, but I don't think you can excel. I don't think you can win at the highest level, and that's what we want for this Packers team. So I think of those Chiefs teams with Alex Smith. Rodgers is going to have exactly. to trust Christian Watson, even if he really doesn't have a reason to yet, because he doesn't have any other choice, right? And the sooner that he realizes Agreed. that and embraces it, the better. Yeah, and uh, a more I, I like to compare. It's funny you say bring up the Chiefs with Alex Smith because I was talking to him in my group with my buddies about it literally last week and we compared them to um the browns last season 
because Baker Mayfield couldn't hit a receiver to save his life, so all he was doing was dumping off to Chubb and Hunt, mm-hmm. and that took them about as far as it could take them, and they found zero success, and all of a sudden Baker's gone. So it, it is a recipe for a little bit of success, but if the ultimate goal is to get another ring before Rodgers ends up uh, packing up and leaving town, then yeah. they need to get someone going. I think it's going to be Watson after seeing him yesterday. He just looked good off of yes. those routes. He 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 looked and like that's he has what you the, need. Rogers wants a route runner. Yeah, he has the the physical traits and the speed that Cobb doesn't. Right, the Tanya. There's a reason why he was drafted so high is because he can run faster right. and cut harder and do like these things that just great athletes can do. Okay, maybe he drops some passes. Guys drop passes. You know what I mean? Like we can't we can't put them in the doghouse every time they drop a pass. That's not good for the team, right? right? I uh, yeah. Oh uh, uh, Hector, 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 Hector. No, I'm frustrated. No, I'm frustrated. But I'm with you. I'm with you for tonight. I'm ready for Russell Wilson to get crushed. Let's go. All right. Yes. Praying oh, on the downfall of Russell Wilson. All right, Hector. I appreciate the call. You have a good night. Yeah, you too. That's our friend Hector in Alaska. You said it's just another time around uh, the cycle. What were the words you said? It's just, you know, history repeating itself. I don't remember exactly what Hector said. Maybe we need this as fans too. Maybe it's actually good for us in the long term that our team lays an egg week one just so we remember how to get angry. And remember how to call Grant's show and remember how to hash it out. And Daryl remembers how to just get riled up and name a couple of points when he calls in. And David Monona can pull out his nicknames like Matt LaFlunk and Pickle Yelich. And, you know, it's just you know, we're shaking out the cobwebs. We're, you know, we're getting back into the swing of things. I think fans need this. We need to get our butt kicked in week one. It's good for us. Let's take a break. I want to hear from these Packers players because I took like 25 minutes today and I sorted through all this audio. So we're not not going to do that. Also, there's a Brewers story quote-unquote that just broke 10 minutes ago and it I'm kind of pissed it's it's involving Corbin Burns and I kind of want to mention it before the show is over so maybe we'll do that and maybe we'll talk about the Badgers for like (laughs) okay we're not gonna do that (laughs) I'm kid I kid maybe the Brewers but we'll talk Packers what went wrong in the secondary coming up next this is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope your week is off to a great start. Hope you had a good first day of work. You're in a groove. You feel like you got things lined up for the rest of the week. And you didn't have to uh, interact with any annoying Vikings fans at work. Although I told a couple of Vikings fans that tried to smack talk me today. I'm an owner. I'm above you and I'm above your trash talk. I'm no commoner like yourself. I'm above trash talk. Maybe Ziggy will. You know, he'll, he'll send me a text make fun of me. That's fine. I'll take it from him. I won't take it from some commoner. Uh, Eric on I-90 is no commoner, but an outstanding contributor to the show. Eric, I'm a little crunched for time. I, I have this segment that I want to do, and I I have some sound bites that I need to play, so we kind of need to go quickly today. That's not to rush you, but, you know, let's move with a purpose. How are you? What's up? I'm good. I'm good. Um, good, good, good. Yeah. You uh, kind of went how we thought it was going to go yesterday, right? I mean, you, you picked the Vikings to win. Yeah, I thought right? the Packers would score a couple of more points, but I think my prediction was 24-21. So the Vikings held up their end of the bargain, but the Packers just, I don't know, they couldn't really get it going offensively. But, yeah, I, I 
about what we expected from the Vikings. I would have liked a little more offense from the Packers. I kind of figured they'd lose, but not by that much. Well, I thought what we seen from the Vikings, I was a little bit surprised. Um, you know, they were actually able to get some first downs in the third and fourth quarter. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's yeah, that's not normal for them. That usually is when things it's three and zero, three and zero. Because they stayed, they stayed aggressive. They stayed aggressive. Like O'Connell was pushing, let's pass more. Let's keep getting the ball to our good players. Let's not just go three and out and punt. And you see how well he managed the clock going into halftime to not really give Green Bay a last chance before halftime. Zimmer could never. He, yeah, he almost he almost balled that up. Yeah. He did. He was going to punt. Yeah. Hey, what do you think about our punter? PK90, I call him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was good. Well, I mean, listen. Yes. He kicked it. He punted the ball, and that guy ran right into his kicking leg, and the guy got knocked out of his ass. PK ninety didn't even budge. It looked like he was kicking the the rusher instead of the rusher running into the guy. It looked like he kicked him right in the shoulder. Right, and and the punter never moved. Pretty that's, impressive. That's something to hang our hat on. And Greg Joseph seems like a pretty good kicker, so you guys seemingly have got that figured out. Yeah, I got that fifty-six yarder. So I mean, it's, let's not overreact, right? No, I'm with you there. Uh, yeah, I think we can get. I think we can give the Eagles a run for their money now. Oh, I'll go. Um, yes, I believe you can give the Eagles run for their money. I think the Vikings this year join the group above them. I think they're in the next tier of teams. I still don't think they're as good as the Packers, although we'll see. And I don't think they're one of the top teams in the NFC, but I think they are among that top group, right? And I think that's kind of what you're saying. They've gotten, they've gotten a little bit better. I mean, their first game, let's not overreact. First okay. game, they've gotten better than they were last. Yeah. I know what you mean. That's it. All right. Eric. You know, Packers. Yes. You know, Deshaun. No, not Deshaun. What's his name? Christian? Christian Watson. Watson. Yeah. I thought of you with the ping pong yeah, paddles for I, hands. Right. I mean, he's, the reason he didn't catch that is he had one ping pong paddle on red and one on green. <laughs> and he's got to get them both the red one pointing out, and then he'll catch that ball. So... Other than that, I, I don't have much, you know, I'm really happy, but, you know, oh, well, I'm, I I know that there's another day, and, um, you know, Green Bay is going to be 6-1 and one here pretty shortly, right? I hope. Great perspective, Eric. It was nice to chat with you. I'll have a little bit more time later in the week if you want to chat again. You bet. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. Have a good one. That's our friend Eric on, uh, on I-90. <laughs> Sorry to rush you. I have a couple cuts. I want to play these because I think these really – like play into what we've talked about specifically with Justin Jefferson. So Justin Jefferson yesterday, nine catches, 184 yards, two touchdowns, including a 64 yard bomb, 11 targets, nine catches. One was barely out of bounds. I mean, they were the two targets that weren't completed were very, very close. Eric Stokes, I think was asked a lot of, uh, or asked what a lot of Packers fans would love to ask. How do you explain what Justin Jefferson did? Oh, he just had a great day. Uh, nothing, nothing, nothing more to it. He just had one of them days, and we just got to be, I guess, better prepared or whatever. Just move on. A reminder. Playing defense in the NFL is really hard. Even when you have the perfect play called and you're lined up perfectly. Justin Jefferson 
might be the second best pure football player in the NFL behind Patrick Mahomes. He's certainly top five. He's unbelievable. So to say, how do you explain it? He's really good. He's really, really good. Right? And I bet if you went through the film yesterday with the coach, he'd say, yeah, I guess they were they were lined up right, but Justin Jefferson did this, or they ran this good route combination. It's really hard to play defense. It's really, really, really hard. I don't think the Packers were calling all of the wrong things and doing all of the wrong things, although maybe they would tweak some things, but it's the first week. Of course, you tweak as you go along. That's what film is for. That's why you practice. That's why you study. But the idea that Joe Barry had this, really backwards defense. No, I don't think that's it. I mean, Rasul Douglas was asked, were you surprised with how they used Justin Jefferson? Were you surprised with anything they did? I can't, I ain't, can't fake it. I ain't do nothing that we ain't expect. He's good. Huh? He's, he's a pretty good player. Which I don't even want to respond to that because it's like... <laughs> Which I want to say? He made, he made plays. He made plays, for sure. No surprise, right? Defense is hard. He's really, really, really good. Now, one thing I think that we hadn't seen with in the past with Justin Jefferson, he got put in motion a lot. I think I saw the stat. I don't know if it's on Twitter, and I don't remember who it was. I suppose I could try to look it up, but I don't think I don't think it really matters. He was motioned, I think, eight or nine times in the first half. Last year, he was on average motioned about five times a game. So they're moving him around, looking for mismatches, trying to create confusion about the defense. That's a difference from last year, something that Zimmer... And, you know, whatever sleepy grandpa offensive coordinator he would have, depending on the week, right? They weren't moving him around. O'Connell is doing something different with Justin Jefferson. And Adrian Amos was asked, do you think it's concerning that it seems like they have the right guy to unlock Justin Jefferson in O'Connell? I don't know. It, it's week one. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know what I'm saying? It, it's um, Kirk Cousins has, has had games that he's three foot 400 before, stuff like that. Like, they didn't do anything that. We didn't prepare for it wasn't like they mixed up something or anything like that we just really went out there i mean of course they're good players you know what i'm saying jefferson's a good player everything like that but we just have to be be better i gotta be better i don't know that o'connell did anything crazy yesterday to make kirk cousins look like a different guy that looked like the kirk cousins i've always seen i saw a stat yesterday phil Mackey actually tweeted out it's pff grade kirk cousins under pressure yesterday seven of 13 for 136 yards one touchdown no picks and Vikings fans are celebrating. Oh, he's great under pressure. Yeah, but completion percentage and success under pressure is very fluky for the most part. Remember how great Justin Jeffers, or remember how great Kirk Cousins was against pressure last time the Packers were at U.S. Bank last year when I came on the next week and said, eh, defense was fine. They got unlucky a lot, and Minnesota made plays. It happens. I think the same thing happened yesterday. Like, Kirk Cousins has a good day under pressure that doesn't really repeat. No quarterback, no matter how great, is consistently outstanding against pressure. That's a fluke, right? But, as Michael Scott once said, if you go fishing for a fluke, you just might catch one. They're very common fish, one of the most common fish in the sea. The bluegill of salt water, some might say. Jair, Jair Alexander was asked, were you surprised that Justin Jefferson was open so much and as often as he was? No, just miscommunication. Um, you know, I can tell specifically, like, on over routes, you know, on that over route that he scored, like, I should have stayed on him. I was expecting cut help and didn't get it and shouldn't have expected it. So, you know, I should have stayed on him on that one over. But, you know, we got to tackle and get him down. Now, the Packers only gave up six points in the second half. Really, it was only three because the final three points, the final field goals after the game was decided. That was basically garbage time. Not nearly as much damage from Justin Jefferson as well. Jair was asked about that. 
What changed in the second half? What happened? Uh, we, we played a much better in the second half, but the first half he looked like a, a premier receiver in the league. What was the difference then in the second half? Uh, we just we just uh, came together, called everybody up, and just said like, "Yo, we need to we need to lock him down." Like he getting too many yards. Like that was it. So he started trying. Look, I don't mean to be a troll when I ask this. Has any sports radio host today maybe just asked the question, do the Packers, like, want to win week one games? <laughs> Are they trying? <laughs> like, is it fair to ask? It's like, man, we just got to we gotta want it more. We got to better energy. And then they asked Jair, what did you do at halftime? Oh, we just came together and said, come on, let's go. <laughs> what? Okay. All right, just fine. One last cut from Adrian Amos that I want to play coming back from this next break, and that was, what did this game teach you, right? Your defense is great in camp, a lot of hype. What did this performance teach you about your defense, and what will you remember moving forward? It's a 20-second answer. It's really good, and we can wrap up the Wisco Sports Show with that. Coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers lose the opener to the Vikings 23-7 here at U.S. Bank Stadium. Green Bay tried to go deep on the first play from scrimmage and what could have been a 75-yard bomb for a touchdown to rookie Christian Watson, but he dropped it. Uh, I mean, it's, it's tough, obviously. Um, I mean, it's the first one. I mean, you don't know how many uh, how many more you're going to have, but, I mean, you're assuming there's going to be a lot more. Obviously, it's the first one, so, I mean, it, obviously it was tough. It's a play that I know I can make, so I just go, go forward knowing that, you know, I've made that play, uh, you know, 100 times in the past, and, and I'm going to make it next time it comes my way. The Packers only score on a short touchdown run by A.J. Dillon. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. We had a lot of chances today. You know, I'm not taking anything away from their defense, but we hurt ourselves uh, many times, myself included. I had a lot of opportunities to score more than seven. On defense, the Packers couldn't keep up with wide receiver Justin Jefferson, who ended the day with nine catches, 184 yards, two touchdowns, and nearly scored a third with safety Adrian Amos in coverage. No, it, it just shows you the magnitude of the real season. When you bust two times, that's two big plays that could be the change of the whole game. Uh, when you do that, this is the result, and, and that's what happened, and, and we got the result that, you know what I'm saying, we earned out there. We, we, we earned that loss out there. So up next, the Packers host the Bears on Sunday night football, Chicago beating the 49ers 19-10. The Vikings head to Philly to face the Eagles on Monday night football, and 37-year-old Kevin O'Connell becomes the first Vikings head coach in 20 years to beat the Packers in his debut since Mike Tice in 2002. Uh, as a first-time head coach, uh, we set out a long time ago on this journey from the off-season program uh, into training camp uh, all the way through this last couple weeks of preparation uh, with a mindset on today. That's Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell from U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. I'm, I'm Mike, Mike Clemens. Clemens. Best Packers coverage. I'm Mike Clemens. My name is Grant Bills. This is the Wisco Sports Show. That clip from Adrian Amos was right in there. That's what I wanted to play. He said, hey, what did you learn? Only one or two plays can define a defensive performance. Exactly right, Adrian Amos. Ken. Which is why winning through defense is near impossible. Right? And offense, see the Super Bowl. I don't remember which one. I get them all confused. It's the Roman numerals. They don't stick in my head. But the Chiefs and the Patriots. Or Chiefs Niners. Excuse me. Chiefs Niners. The Chiefs played like dog butt. Like three and a half quarters on offense. And then they made a couple great plays. They won the game. On offense, you're defined by your best plays. A defense is defined by its worst plays. 
Playing defense in the NFL is really, really hard. So my lasting message today, yes, Justin Jefferson got lots of yards and there were big plays, but guess what? Playing defense is really hard. It's not always about getting the perfect play. No, no, no. Sometimes it just doesn't work because it's hard. You're not supposed to win on defense. It's not how the game is designed. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. Mike Clemens will join us. That man, he will join us tomorrow at 530. I have a Brewers topic that I want to hit too. Corbin Burns story. Adam McAlvey, go read it. I'll talk to you tomorrow, starting at four. Enjoy Monday Night Football.